This morning we're going to be in Luke chapter 12, verses 13 through 34. Before we get to our passage this morning, I ask, have you ever done anything foolish? If you think hard enough about it, I think we can all come up with something that we've done in our lives that was foolish. I remember when I was uh, a little boy, I was uh, uh, wanting to buy uh, this uh, model plane. It was made out of like styrofoam or some kind of cardboard type material. I can't exactly remember. And I thought it was awesome. And I wanted to buy this so bad and I wanted to put it together and then I wanted to fly it. Well, if you know anything about, you know, those types of model planes, um, they don't last real long if you're flying them around. And, you know, my parents tried to convince me that it wasn't a good use of money to buy this thing and to put it together than to actually fly it. Um, but I did it anyway, right? I spent this money that I had saved to buy this thing that, um, that I wanted, and I wanted to use it, and I wanted to f- fly it. And after about, I don't know, probably around five or ten minutes, the plane was destroyed. <laughs> all the money that I had used on it, which I don't remember how much it was. It probably wasn't all that much, but to me, a little boy had saved up, you know, whatever it was, five or ten dollars. That was all gone, almost in a blink of an eye. You know, the things that we do like that that are foolish are foolish because in a more sane moment, we'd realize how bad or wrong they were and we wouldn't do them. We wouldn't say them. We wouldn't buy this thing that we think that we need. This morning, Jesus tells a parable about foolishness, about how we can be foolish with the possessions, money, and all kinds of other things that we have. Whether we have great riches or no riches, we can all fall into this foolishness. So let's read Luke chapter 12, beginning at verse 13. We're going to go through verse 34. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge and arbitrator over you? And then he said, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And then he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plenty, plentiful, plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, 
Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn. And yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do so small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried, for all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we pray that you'd give us eyes and ears to hear, to see. Lord, we pray that you would give us hearts that trust. Lord, we pray that you would help us to walk in this life with our eyes on the life to come. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning we continue, as you've guessed, in the Gospel of Luke. And last week we looked at the first 12 verses of chapter 12. Jesus used his interaction with the Pharisees from the week before as an illustration for his disciples. We were confronted with the question last week, what do we fear? And what we learned from Jesus is that we are to fear not to live from the inside out. Because living from the outside like the Pharisees, Pharisees breeds fear, but living from the inside out, with the Spirit of Christ transforming us from the inside out allows us to stand in Him in the face of trials and persecution. And this morning, we're still in that same context that we were last week. Jesus is still in the crowd that Luke describes as many thousands that had gathered. And he's asked by this man that comes up to him to, interve to intervene in a family dispute. And instead of getting into the family dispute, Jesus uses this as an opportunity to teach about possessions. There's something in this man's request, we're not exactly sure, that Jesus sees as coveting what is not his. We're not exactly sure what this is, what's going on here, but this man's request in it, Jesus sees that there is something of covetousness in this man's life, and he uses this as an example to, tell, to show us, to remind us to not covet what is not ours or what is maybe not rightfully 
his or more than he needs. And so Jesus tells this parable about this rich man who bought into the lie that many of us do. And this lie confronts us this morning. See, just as this man who asked the question had bought into this lie, the man in the parable has bought into this lie, and I believe many of us have bought into this lie as well. And that lie is what I'm calling the my lie. The my lie. The my lie is that we believe that what we have in terms of possessions, wealth, etc., is mine. It's mine. It's almost like we're this toddler who has suddenly learned, you know, has learned how to talk and suddenly realized that they have toys. And when someone else wants to play with that toy or maybe take a, something else from them, what do they yell out? Mine. Mine. You see, the rich man wants wanted to live freely and thought that the way to do that was to have more and more. It's mine, and I'm going to keep mine to myself. And if I keep it for myself, then I can live freely. And yet Jesus says that's a lie. And in fact, it leads to the opposite. <laughs> it doesn't live, lead to a life lived freely, but a life that is taken, a life that is enclosed, a life that is, has no outside pleasure. And so we see this morning in our text that because the Father's good pleasure is to provide, we can live freely. Because the Father's good pleasure is to provide, we can live freely. We can live free from foolishness, free from anxiety, and free to give. First, free from foolishness, verses 13 through 21. You see, this Jesus tells this parable, and he confronts us with what is going on here, this, what is happening in the life of this man. He begins saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. Right? The land of this rich man produced plentifully. Yes, the man did what he needed to do, right? He spread the seed. He likely hired people to, to tend his field and do this. But the land produced plentifully. Jesus is saying in that that the abundance of possessions that this man has is a gift from God. It is a gift. Like his life, it comes to him as a gift, and so the question confronting him and us in this parable is what is he going to do with the gift? Is he going to share it with his neighbors? Or is he going to hoard the gift as a proud and fearful Pharisee might do and be guilty of greed? Right? Greed is this uh, obsession to hoard things for Ourself, to block out thought of God and others. The person who succumbs to this temptation of greed is trying to establish and measure their life by what he or she has. 
And when we live in such a way, we're showing that we don't understand who we are in relation to God and others. And that's what Jesus is showing us in this parable. This man does not understand who he is in light of who God is and his connection with others. He is greedy. He acts on the basis of his greedy heart. Instead of sharing this gift with his neighbor, look what he'll do. He'll tear down barns that he already has to build new ones that are bigger and can hold more, right? Instead of looking at the gift and saying, look, I have plenty to fill my barns with, and I still have some left over that I can share with others, I'm going to destroy what I already have that is provides for what for my needs and for the needs of my family and i'm going to build even bigger barns and keep as much as i possibly can right he and he doesn't even stop there, right? He goes even further. He congratulates himself, right, on the wisdom of this plan, right? And I will say to my soul, you have ample goods laid up many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry, right? He sees this plan as full of wisdom, and he pronounces that his present, his future are secure, and notice not only does he obviously have this foolish mentality, this, this belief that it's mine, this, this bought into this lie, that it's for him and for him alone. But in doing that, look what this greed has produced, not just in terms of his soul being called upon by God. But look at the other tragedies of this man's life. He's completely alone in this decision that he makes, right? He consults with no one, not even God. He doesn't go to God in prayer. He doesn't consult family or uh, the community. He doesn't go to his family and say, hey, we've got this surplus. What should we do with it? He doesn't go to the community and say, hey, I have this surplus of, of grain this year. You know, I, are, is there a need in the community? He doesn't go to God and say, Lord, give me wisdom on what to do with this abundance that you have given me. He speaks to himself. He consults with himself. He speaks to his own soul. And he completely mistakens that he is self-sufficient. Now that he has taken care of his future, he can only tell himself, rest, eat, drink, and be merry. His greedy heart has sentenced him to celebrate alone. Right? Greed is not only a sin against God and our neighbor, but it isolates us from the joy of community. And this is why he is a fool. Because the possessions that possessed him during his life are now meaningless 
when that life is demanded back by God. Whose will they be, God says. It echoes the words of Solomon in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 18 through 21. I toil for all of this, and whose will it be when I'm gone? And so we see that we be free from foolishness by acknowledging and understanding that all that we have is given to us by God, that it is God who has blessed us. But Jesus goes on to use this as, an, as a teaching on how his disciples, not only to be not foolish, but also free from anxiety. Right? Jesus talks about that this, in this context of, of, of possessions, of keeping these possessions for, him, for this man's self, for, uh, for ourselves. He then goes on to say, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, about what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. And then he reminds them about the, the ravens. Again, talking about the birds that he had, he's mentioned before in terms of how much our Heavenly Father cares for us. He again talks about the, the flowers of the field and how God has clothed them with so much beauty. Will he not only, will he not clothe us? And so this, the, the wisdom that we see in Ecclesiastes, the wisdom that we see uh, here from Jesus suggests that the answer for worry and anxiety over wealth is to trust in God and to give away our surplus. Those given an abundance of God's gifts in this world may fear that they, don't have, they won't have enough. But instead, we should fear God and thank God and enjoy the gifts that he has given us in community, not selfishly for ourselves alone, but to freely give away what God has freely given. Right? To be rich toward God is to believe that God is the giver of all things, including life and salvation. And to show that one believes is to share with others the gifts God gives. This is what Jesus consistently teaches throughout the New Testament about our possessions. And why does he teach that? It's not like, you know, it's not some like Marxist socialism that Jesus is teaching. He's teaching this because behind it is the gospel of grace. He teaches it because behind this understanding of, of, our, of the gifts that have been given to us in terms of our possessions and out of the abundance of those gifts we are to give, behind it is the gospel of grace in Jesus Christ. Right? Our forgiveness, our redemption, our adoption is bestowed as a free gift of God's grace in Jesus Christ. And as we have been freely given life in Christ, that we've been freely given this new life, as we've been given these gifts that God has given us, 
we are then able to freely give. And as we freely give, we have this life, Jesus says, this life that is more than food and the body, more than clothing. Right? Jesus instructs us as disciples to, to look and to see how God cares for the ravens and for the lilies, to remind us how much more valuable we are than they to our Heavenly Father. And that as disciples, we're not to waver between hope and fear over these things. Right? Has not your Heavenly Father shown that he knows what you need? Right? Has not your Heavenly Father reminded you that you are his, that he cares for you, and that if you have need, you just come to him and ask? Right? Jesus reminded of that us the, just a few weeks ago in the Lord's Prayer. Right, of how we have a Father who cares for us, who loves us, who desires to give us what we need. And the real question the disciples are to confront here as they are reminded of whose they are and who cares for them is what are they seeking in the midst of that? Are they seeking food and clothing or are they seeking the kingdom of God? And Jesus reminds them that seeking first the kingdom is what provides for us. Seeking first the kingdom, and all these things will be added to you, he says. Right? Seek first the kingdom, and all these things will be given to you. Right? He's reminding them that they are sons and daughters of the king. Right? Everything that the king has, that the king owns, is theirs as sons and daughters. And that while we may have want and lack in this life, the life to come is one that we will have no want or lack. And that even as we await the life to come, the new heavens and the new earth, Jesus is telling us that your Father cares for you even now. And as this is not always obvious to us, Jesus speaks as our shepherd to, our, to his sheep. Do not fear, little flock because your Father graciously has willed to give you the kingdom. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. As Jesus' little flock, we are free to give. We are free to give. We, we have nothing to fear, for we will celebrate with Jesus at the table of the kingdom where God's greatest gifts will be served 
through Jesus who gives his body on behalf of us, who gives his blood in the cup of the new covenant. Because we've received these gifts of God in Christ, we are free to give. We are free to give of our earthly possessions. I mean, Jesus goes as far as to say, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. Give freely of what you've been given. Store up your treasure, not here on earth, in building barns to store possessions like the rich fool, but use the possessions that God has given you to serve the kingdom by giving to others. Right? God in Christ has blessed us, not just with physical possessions, but gifts and abilities and all the ways that he blesses his people. And what we can often do is that we can hoard those things. We can keep them to ourselves and not freely give them, not freely use them for the good of others. Jesus is saying, you can freely live in me. As you freely live, be free to give. Right? In the Sermon on the Plain, Jesus said that the heavenly treasure is, is him, his self. And the heavenly treasures are Christ's gifts that bring us into and keep us in Christ's kingdom. To be rich toward God then is to be a recipient of Christ and his gifts, a member of his kingdom. And when we know that we have been given the kingdom, we are free to give. For those seeking the treasure of the kingdom, the Father will provide earthly treasure as we have need. He will sustain us on our journey as we await the coming kingdom. And even as we go along the way, us as the little flock will be graced with the heavenly treasures through Christ. Our shepherd who washes us in the waters of baptism, who feeds us with the new Passover lamb, the body and the blood of a supper, and who tends us with the guidance of his word. Because the Father's good pleasure is to provide, we can live freely, free from foolishness, free from anxiety, and free to give as we have been given. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the gift of Christ. We thank you for the gift of new life in him. 
Lord, we thank you that as you have given freely to us, Lord, you call us to freely give. Lord, we pray that you would help us by your spirit to fully grasp and fully know all that we have been given in Christ. To see what you have given us in our physical possessions as gifts. Lord, may we use those gifts, giving freely of them for the good of others. Lord, may that flow out of the gift of grace that we've received in Christ. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's respond by standing and singing the solid rock.